Welcome to the State of the Markets podcast. I'm Paul Rodriguez of thinktrading.com. I'm Tim Price of pricevaluepartners.com. And our very special returning guest is Mark GB. Mark is a writer and a retired businessman. He has no political affiliations and all his views are his own and completely independent. Tim and I are in discussions about setting up a new podcast, which would be completely independent from the financial podcast, and we'd have a myriad of guests on it with not necessarily a financial background. If you think that's something you might want to see or hear, please let us know and we'll put that into effect. Okay, and we're not on camera, are we? Because I'm dressed for radio. Yeah, no, that's fine. So are we. Commando. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't impose that even on myself. (laughs) I hope we're we're rolling, Paul. We are rolling. Now, Mark, we, Tim and I were just wondering when we last had you on. Tim, when was it? Uh, Well, I think from your own blog, if that's any, any guide, it's November 2019. That's right. I just, in fact, I just looked it up myself, and that's exactly when it was. My God, it see, it doesn't it, seem it, that nearly two years ago. Well, it's weird, isn't it? Because I, I, we were t- Paul and I were just discussing the way that sort of lockdown and this insanity has sort of changed perceptions of time. So on on one hand, time moves very very slowly because every day is the same, and on the other hand, time moves ex- extremely quickly because every day is the same. So it, <laughs> yes. it, it's very very odd. But the the one thing that I think we probably all share an abiding um happy recollection of is the phrase darth vader's cock yes (laughs) (laughs) i still get comments about that now (laughs) hopefully they're to do with a podcast yes (laughs) i think probably the that podcast was the only time i've mentioned that you know use those words for decades so nothing to do with that Superb. It's amazing how reminiscent podcasts can be. You know, you're in the middle of a conversation and suddenly some, you get triggered, but in a nice way, not in a wokey, wokey way. Yes, absolutely. Now, we, we were just looking at, the, um, uh, at, at some of the comments from back then, and, and your thesis um, is that we're in a period of the quickening where society is uncovering the lies being fed to it and change is accelerating. This is pre-COVID. Boy, boy, does that look prescient! Now. And that's that's quite incredible. Yeah, um, it, yeah. Well, it's funny because I wrote that 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 was a follow-on from a previous piece called "21st Century Plague," which I'd written in. So that one was two two nine two thousand nineteen. 21st Century Plague was written a year before in two thousand and eighteen when I when I said that. By the way, you know, I'm not trying to uh, take any credit for being some kind of great seer because I think lots of other people saw this stuff. I do not think I'm, you know, I'm not trying to mark myself out as special. I think a lot of people that looked actually underneath all the crap could see which way this was going. But I think credit where credit's due that, you you know, you put your cards on the table and uh, and a kudos to you for that. Thanks. Thank you. Yeah. So so this other piece was, um, I said, that actually the, the the pandemic that we face is deceit is the lie that you know it's um because you can't see i mean i think i wrote at the same time that this 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 um 
system is going to collapse one of three ways. It's it's either going to be a war, it's going to be a financial collapse, i.e. Uh, part, you know, 2008 part two, the big one, mm. or it's going to be, and I use the phrase, a conscious reset. Now, this great reset that they're trying to do is not what I had in mind. Mm. <laughs> it's definitely not what, it's what they had in mind. So then the quickening was the following on from that, where I, where I just thought, well, we're, we're in it now. I can't see how we're going to, we're going to uh, actually, how it's going to hit us, but we're in it. And then the third piece in that series was in June last year, where I wrote, um, it was it was just, it was the week after um, Creepy Klaus and Dim Charlie uh, re- unveiled the, the Great Reset. And you could see, I mean, they made the statement, that, that famous slide, which I've used many times, they made the statement, the COVID crisis is a great opportunity for us to do this. And it all, the dominoes all fell into, the bit, the, the, the jigsaw all fell into place for me when he said that, was that, yes, they're going to use COVID-19, which was clearly being manipulated for profit or for, or for whatever. But at that point, it became really obvious that they were using it as the, the tipping point to actually bring in, to collapse the old economy, to bring in the new one, which was going to include total control. Never mind destroying capitalism or or this is this is kind of they would want to take us back to feudalism, where you've got a few well, it it's a form of communism, but you know, basically where You've got a bunch of serfs that do as they told, um, and you've got people at the top who are running everything. Now, given um, that they, sorry to interrupt, uh, Mark, given that they've they've not managed yet to impose central bank digital currency on on the rest of the world, can they pull it off now? To the extent that it seems to me that the you know the, every day more and more people are, are getting awake. Uh, waking up to what's going on and uh, after a while there's only so many hundreds of thousands of marchers moving through the major cities of the world before I would start to reconsider my policy. (laughs) Yeah well it's it's interesting you should say that because I think that it's there are it's falling apart on a number of prongs. Do you think they rushed it? I think they have I think they they've had to rush it because I think Trump going into the White House put them back along to uh, put them back a bit because Hillary was going to start a war. Hillary was going to do exactly what, I mean, I call them the cabal. Some people call them the cult. I don't care if people call them Mildred, but, you know. Davos Davos man or Mr. Global is how Catherine Austin Fitz refers to them. Perfect. Mr. Global is a perfect description of them. They they plan to be a... um, a lot further ahead by now. Um, and the, I think fundamentally the reason for that initially was because they could not keep this system going ad infinitum. You know, I mean, it's if you look at the, the, the amount of reverse repo the Fed are pumping in at the moment, if you look wherever you look in the economy, it's, it's, it's hanging on by, it's, it's not even being, it's gaffer tape. It's held together with gaffer tape. Just for the benefits of people who, uh, some, <clears throat> excuse me, some of our listeners aren't, Financially, um, as astute as, as as you might be, and um, might not know what that means um, in terms of the system and the reverse repo pressures. Do you want to just explain what's going on and why that's something to be worried about? Well, I'm sure Tim would describe this a hell of a lot better than I would. But you I know, wouldn't, it, we wouldn't be too sure about that, Mark. <laughs> I've read your book. You definitely know more than I do. Um, they are pumping money into the economy to keep it afloat. I mean, we all, we all know this. Basically, yes. So so what's actually happening is short-term interest rates 
are effectively spiking because there's a lack of trust between the banks. and Which is <clears> very much shades of 2007, 2008. Exactly what happened between, is, as Tim says, happened before the big financial crisis. Now, at that time, um, the, the, uh, the authorities just let it happen and just sort of ignored it. And then it caused, you know, obviously, second order problems with um, other products, which nearly brought down the banking system. But it seems that they're wise to what's going on here and therefore providing tons of liquidity in the short term to try and solve the problem. So the system yeah. is, from what you're saying, is, is under stress. And, yeah. and, this, and when you say the system can't continue, we're in a kind of loop of more money is being printed. Doom, you know, doom loop. Yeah, it, more money is being printed to support the system that's increasingly under pressure, creating more debt, which is bad for the system. And at some point, this is this has got to change. Um, is, would that be a fair description? I think that, that that's a better d description of it th than I would have g given. But I mean, the the main point that you've described there is the thing about the reverse re repo, which would, perhaps that's what you want me to elaborate on. Basically, what that is is that the banks don't trust each other. Yeah. So the good. So the Fed has to step in. So I mean, the whole system is on a promise to pay basis, isn't it? So when that promise to pay is drawn into is is drawn into disrepute, it falls down. It's a com the whole thing is a, is built on confidence, and in actually, it's a confidence trick. So I think that you know to go back to Tim's question, I think that what, why they had to rush that was one reason that they had to rush it. But another, I think I think people genuinely are waking up, and I think that, that since. The piece that I wrote that I referred to was called um, The Great Re Comply or Die, The Myth of the Great Reset. And again, that sounds very prescient because it, although I didn't necessarily mean it in that way. They're off. They are giving us a choice. You know, they're saying you have to do this. You, you know, you have to have the vaccine. You have to be locked down. You have to do this. And initially it started off with the well, actually, no, this is, if you wouldn't mind terribly, it'll only take us three weeks to flatten the curve because, you know, those of us who are already awake just came out and said, you know, go away with this crap. This is, you know, this is how it's, this is how it starts. But then over time, it's now, we've now arrived at the point where it's mandatory. They want to make it mandatory. And to be honest, the, the, the main reason why they're rushing so much at the moment is because, and I and I still think a lot of people haven't got this yet. The third, the third, I call it the new world order is built on a on a three legged stool. One is COVID. The second leg is uh, the Great Reset, but the third leg is what I call the November Steel. That election, I sat up. I don't know if if you guys watched it. I sat up all night watching that election. I watched everything that happened for months after. That election was stolen. It was it was Trump won that election. The military know what was going on, and it's only a matter of time when these audits come out. That's the first domino that's going to fall. The other, the the pressure to get hold of those Dominion machines and the, the other manufacturers of the, the other machines is going to be it, it's going to be irresistible, and it, it's a. It's going to come out that that was a steal. The whole damn thing's going to come down. And they've got to try and get the as many people vaccinated as they possibly can before that happens. Why, why, why so? Why, why would they need to because do that? I, because um, it's, a, it's a bit like, um, I mean, it's not, but it's a bit like a game of chess where you've got two guys playing 
and uh, they can both see which way it's going to go. But the stakes are so high you can't give up. You're not going to knock over your king. You're not going to give in. It's going to be played out. You're going to keep playing it out and you're going to hope the other guy makes a mistake. And I believe that that's, that's what they're doing. The, the thing that they've got to do is to distract attention from the Maricopa audit, which is coming out, which will show clearly the, the various the various methods that they used to steal. What's the timing of that audit scheduled for? Ah, well, <laughs> nobody's been able to pin it down at the moment. I mean, the latest thing is that the, the two of the guys who uh, are presenting it to the Arizona Senate have got COVID. Well, that's ironic, you might say. But I, I now I don't know if they have got COVID or whether this is part of, this is a countermeasure, if you like. I know this sounds like conspiratorial crap will sound like conspiratorial crap to some people the thing is this is a war it's an information war and in an information war you don't let the other side know what's going on so what what they the the bad guys the biden although biden's a puppet what they have to do is to distract everybody's attention from that audit so clearly if they know exactly when it's going to come out that makes a life a hell of a lot easier afghanistan would be a useful distraction Afghanistan is a brilliant distraction. But couldn't they just suppress the audit, though? Or the, or the... No, they can't. They no? can't because um, the thing that, that they can't do is actually go in and shoot the Arizona Senate. I mean, it was, it was voted legally. They've thrown everything at this to try and stop it. But they got it through, uh, and they've overcome every single blockage to it. Like the first thing they said was, well, they said it was illegal. No, it isn't. No, it isn't illegal. That data is our data. Oh, well, we can't get hold of this and we can't get hold of that. So they've had to keep going to the courts, which is why it's taken months. And the latest thing that they've tried to do is to prevent them actually getting hold of the the routers, as they call them, or the routers between uh, that are attached to the voting machines. Now, if you listen to the, 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 the companies that own these voting machines, they will tell you, oh, well, they don't. They're not contacted. They, 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 don't, they don't make contact with the internet. Really? Well, what's this Bluetooth device doing in there? Oh, well, that was just put in there as standard, but it's never actually used. Really? So let us see the routers then. Oh, well, no, you can't see the routers because um, there's other information to do with the police department on there that you know we can't let you show those. No, these are routers. They've got addresses on. So they keep coming up with excuse after excuse after excuse. Now, the latest one is that they've... The, the, one, the one I just told you there, that, that there's information on the routers that they can't allow the audit team to look at. They have resisted a subpoena. Um, the subpoena was reissued and sent back, and they have now gone back and said, no, we're not going to comply with this subpoena, and you can't enforce us, Mr. Secretary of State, because, or Mr. Attorney General, because the Arizona se uh, Senate is no longer in session Therefore, technical loopholes. Now, this will go on and on and on and on ad infinitum. They, you know, you can't stop the truth. And the truth is that election was stolen and the truth is going to come out and it's going to bury them. The, the, the thing I would, I would raise at this point, not that I necessarily disagree with anything that you've just said, is it, it, it relates to a sort of a broader fear that I've nursed for some time, which is there's going to be no going back to the status quo ante from before COVID. Um, totally. and there's going to be no going back to the status quo ante before, uh, before the November steal. 
So people had better start getting used to a world, a future world which is going to look radically different from the one we've been inhabiting for the last several decades, if not longer. Totally agree. This is we're once that once that three once that that leg of that stool I described collapses, and then the question is, well, what else have you guys been lying about? Because well, this, we this is exactly the point, which is that yeah. I mean, for the, for those of us, I mean, Paul and I inhabit the world primarily of, I say, matters financial, and the one of the big components of that is the credit market which is basically debt and the origin of credit is the latin credere which means to believe which touches on the point of trust which is paul and i were listening to the last podcast that we did the one from 2019 when when trust goes uh it's it may be impossible to to rebuild it it's certainly difficult to rebuild it as, as as it was before so when you've shattered trust in so many different facets of the establishment which i think has been the case for the last 18 months and counting it just it doesn't yeah. it doesn't just come back it's it's gone forever absolutely absolutely so th- so that financial reset that we you know that i said was inevitable and lots of other people have said is inevitable is is going to come about now whether we are have a uh, a system backed by gold or some other uh, tangible asset, or whether we uh, whether we go to a uh, an electronic system backed by gold, or whether we have, uh, or, or looking at it from a different point of view, whether um, we completely scrap. And I really hope this is the case. We get rid of central banks, who, to my mind, are parasites, mm. and uh, nations print their own currency. The money does not have to be borrowed into existence from a bunch of people who add no other value other than do it, doing something that we can do for ourselves and then charge us interest for the privilege of, of stealing from us. It's an important point. It's an important point about gold that people may not be entirely familiar with that in, in terms of a global currency system or the, the, the history of global currencies going back thousands of years, the advantage of gold as a, let's call it an alternative currency, is it is the only currency in existence, with the possible exception of things like Bitcoin and crypto, it's the only currency in existence which is not simultaneously somebody else's liability. So the yeah. beauty of gold is that it's unlike the dollar. Every dollar is basically a debt obligation of the US government, whereas, dollar, uh, the, whereas an ounce of gold is nobody's liability. So it you're not dependent on the ability of any counterparty to to make to make whole the uh, the holder. Exactly. Yeah. So, what do you think the next steps are to this um, this stool the leg of the stool falling? Of whether it, do you think you, you've said it might be a war? It might be a financial um, collapse. It could be both, couldn't it? Um, but it, it, what would we be looking out for other than? stresses in the repo system, which seems to be there for a long time without any other consequential effects, although it can't last forever. Um, stock markets seem to be relatively happy, although the Asian stock markets are in a bit of trouble. Um, w- where would we see the next areas of uh, to indicate we're moving closer to this this change? Um, I, I think we're, we'll see it in the political field arena rather than in the economic arena. It's going to happen that way. Um, I think Trump comes back. Really? Yeah. That's a big call. That is a massive call. In the event of Trump coming, sorry to just jump in, Mark, would that not logically be consistent with a complete collapse in the value of the dollar? In other words, if it's shown that the the largest economy on the planet, the largest bastion of supposed freedom, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, if, if... if that, if a presidential election in that economy could be stolen, what is the 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 value of the dollar derives from the full faith and credit of the U.S. government? So 
if the government basically has no credibility left, then what credibility is there in the purchasing power of the dollar? Yeah, I mean, and and my the short answer to that from me at least is is I can don't, see don't that own dollars see that happening. I can see the opposite happening once he's back in there. Yeah, yeah. Um, because it's going to become obvious to people very clear, very quickly that that this that this steel is not it's not simply a domestic issue. Mm. You know, the, I mean, those machines were. The Canadian machines—they've got—they're uh, connected to uh, places like Port. They got servers in Portugal and Germany and Italy. The, there were the, lots of rumours about events in the Vatican, if I remember, in, in terms of how the, the steel was originally conducted. Again, the, we're, we're yes, deep the into conspiracy theory territory, but exactly. The, the Leonardo is the name of the company that owned the satellite. Owned the satellites. The Vatican were involved. Well, we, we've known that the Vatican's are basically a mafia op, uh, operation. Which you know, I'm not decrying. I'm not. Dec- I mean, I I have a, a re- I would say I'm not a Catholic. I don't belong to any any religion. Um, but I have a relationship with something that I call God. I don't care if people call it nature, they call mm. it energy, they call it Bruce. I don't care. I call it God. So I don't wish to offend any Catholics. I'm, but I'm talking about the organisation of the Vatican, the bank, um, and you know the way that the, the way that that organisation has protected paedophilia over the years it, is dreadful, uh, and and it's a rotten organisation. And if it's proven that it, it had any involvement with this which I believe it did, you know, what happens there? And I feel sorry for uh, the, the genuine Catholics with genuine faith who, as far as I'm concerned, are being... Hoodwinked. Crapped on like the... Yeah, hoodwinked. Crapped on like the rest of us. Mm. So, you know, the, when this comes out, it's going to have a massive effect across the world. If I was Boris Johnson, I'd be extremely nervous about this. If I was Macron, I would be really nervous. And everybody who has been involved and turned a blind eye, which these guys have, don't I, I do not believe that, that um, they didn't know what was going on. Anything that the CIA is involved with, the MI6 is involved with. And, you know, this, the ramifications of this are going, are going to be absolutely enormous. But I think that um, paradoxically, or I, I mean, I can see how the, the dollar would go through the floor, but I can also see how... Once he's back in there, mm. and the and and the truth is of what happened is being seen to be done, it might then make capital move away from from the regions where certainly the regions where which are seen to be complicit with this. You know what? It's difficult to talk about this stuff because you you kind of you're kind of pinching yourself. You're kind of pinching yourself while you're saying this stuff. Yeah, and also I'm thinking. You know, I want to make sure. I don't want to overstate it. I don't want to understate it. I don't want to uh, offend anybody particularly, although there's a lot of people I would like to offend with 12-ounce gloves in a, in a Queensbury square. <laughs> yeah, the, the, thing, uh, the thing about offence is it's, um, if you are – there are certain people who are going to be offended no matter what you do. So I think a lot of, a lot of comedians, for example, have just decided well, – like, say, Ricky Gervais has just said, look, Everyone's going to be offended by whatever you do. Yeah. There's no point worrying about them anymore. Um, so just get on with what you, what you, yeah, you what you want to do. And I think that's a, that's that's great. That's a sign that things are finally swinging back to where they should be, and people aren't afraid to make jokes yeah. about what they want to make jokes about or say whatever they seriously believe in. And one of the um, one of the examples of that is, for example, you know, a year ago, 
the lab leak theory was was poo pooed, and you're a conspiracy theorist. And and here we are. There's a documentary on Channel Four um, yeah. on a major mainstream TV channel, which is incredible that they've actually published this. I just could not believe it. And yeah. there it is. And yeah. you know, what's, you know what? Did you did you watch it by the way, Mark? No, but okay. I'm gonna. I will go and watch it now. I I've stopped watching any mainstream at all. I mean, mm, I used to. Ditto. I just can't. I can't stomach the. I can't stomach the bullshit if I can mm. use that word. I just can't stomach the lies and the constant. Uh, well, just just the lies. So I've I've kind of. But so I'm missing out on some good stuff as well. Clearly. Well, there's not much, but what's there? <laughs> it's it's surprising. So a couple, you know, the 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 odd article, and well, this is the major one. This is the biggest thing I've seen that's actually gone, you know, full full into it and just shown it for what it is, warts and all. You know, pulled no punches, and yeah. I'm like, wow, okay, great. This is finally got some credibility because if you try to if you try to explain to people what you think or you send them a link, the first thing they do is, oh, who's that? Oh, you know, that's that's not a credible person. Oh, that person's got this political persuasion, so I'm not going to listen to them or whatever it yep. might be. They'll find a reason. But this is like Channel 4. You know, what, what's your problem with Channel 4? Um, yeah. You know, why would they be doing it unless they believe that they had facts? And, and, and it also adds to, the, uh, adds to the fact that, you know, the, um, in the Lancet, there were, that there were a bunch of scientists who, who said that the lab leak theory was completely wrong and there was no way it came out of a lab. So the Lancet and those scientists are now, in my view, completely rubbished. Because if it means if they're going to be corrupted like that, you can't believe anything they say. The reputation of science is going to have a hard time recovering from the damage of the last two years, I would suggest. Absolutely. It's, Absolutely. It's, it's, uh, there's a lot of them just totally, their relationship is cooked and burnt. It's it's on the bottom of the pan. It, you know, you, you'll need a very strong Brillo pad to, to clean up the relationship of uh, a lot of science and medicine. It's terrible. But it's it's good advice to ignore the mainstream media, if only for your own mental health. Because how can you keep watching this stuff, e even if even dare I say it, if they were telling the truth, you still could wouldn't be wanting to watch this stuff day in day out. You, you'd have to turn your TV off and and just listen to something else. I get a lot of my news flow. I try not to go on Twitter um, because again, it's, it's like, it just becomes too upsetting. So I listen yeah. to podcasts. So personally, I like to, to listen to a long form conversation. I think the, yeah. pro the problem with Twitter is that you can't nuance your tweet sometimes and it can be pulled and pushed in, in whatever direction people want it to be pulled and pushed in. And at the same time, you, you can't have a long conversation or back and forth. It just ends up, if you have a different view to someone, there's a pile on, everyone gets really angry and it's no way to communicate. Um, we, we really need people to, to stand up or sit down like this and have a conversation. And I don't yeah, mind talking absolutely. to people who disagree with me. In fact, I like people who disagree with me because then I might learn something. Um, and I like to hear the counter argument too. But, yeah. but you, am I right in saying that you're no longer on Twitter? Yeah, um, I, I, it was a cho I had to make a choice. Basically, I put out, um, I, re I, I re linked to an article written by Dr. McCullough where he was challenging the, uh, it, the point he was making was that the vaccine is causing adverse re uh, reactions that are multiples of the entire adverse reactions from combined 
vaccines for years. In other words, this one vaccine is causing more damage than the rest of them put together. It's not, it's not that, even a vaccine, that, some might say, but that's a separate argument. Sorry? It's not even a vaccine, some might say, but that's a separate uh, argument to the extent that a vaccine is something that gives you immunity to a disease. And since that's plainly not the case, these whatever these things are, they're not vaccines. Absolutely. They're not vaccines. It's, a, it's an experimental gene therapy is what it is. So that was the article that um, that I linked. And they came back and uh, they said, oh, you know, blah, 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 seven day suspension. And I thought, well, do you know what? Um, I'm not going to do it. So that they didn't ban me. But the point is, and this and this and this is the this is the, the point, and which might sound a bit crazy, but, you know, so what? Sometimes you've got to stand on principle. And the principle is of free speech. Now, free speech, freedom is either a principle or it's a fancy idea. And if it's a fancy idea, it's nothing. Now, if it's, a, if it's a principle, what are they trying to do? They're trying to get me to censor myself. Mm. They're saying to me, if you take it down, you can be censored for seven, you'll be censored, you'll be suspended for seven days. So they're asking, now they could have just taken it away. They could have just said, we're not allowing this, we're taking it away, and we're giving you a ban for seven days. But it's far more insidious for, make, for them to make that your decision. Exactly. So, so I look at that and I go, do you know what? And sometimes people accuse me, well, Mark, you take it too personally. I do take it too personally because it's personal. So they ask me, would you uh, cooperate in your, in your own gagging? No, I won't. So what, you know, there's that whole thing of what's your number? Everybody's got a number. Mm. Well, I haven't got a number. If you threaten to kill my kids, maybe that's my number. But I don't have a, I don't have a number. And if I did, six and a half thousand Twitter followers is not it. So, you know, I'm, I'm still, I'm, I'm there. The account is still there. I can't go to it, but anybody else could find it, I believe. And it'll be, it'll sit there with nothing going on until until twitter changes ownership exactly when so when dorsey's in jail i'll come back so that particular tweet did that yeah. get deleted or is it still there oh it's still there i'm not taking it down oh i see so so right so they're not making you take it down they're just saying if you take it down you can come back otherwise we're just going to sit in this this Limbo. standoff yeah yeah, yeah. It, it, so, it reminds it reminds me of um i'm going to impose my o-level german on everybody i'm sure everyone will be hugely grateful for that fact it's uh here stay he can nicht anders here i stand i can do no other which is uh martin yes. luther <laughs> in other words what, there's there comes a point in a a person's life when you when you finally find a hill that you're willing to die on exactly too yeah but one exactly. wonders why they i know why they do it but one wonders why they do it in the first place seeing as they have no liability so according to um what's it section it might be 208 don't quote me on it but there's some section that allows platforms to public uh, publish content without being Accountable. Liable. Yeah, liable or yeah. accountable. So they're not accountable for what you say. They're not accountable for anything that anybody says. They're trying to says. have their cake and eat it, though, which has always been the case. Which So it, it doesn't make sense, know, does it? It really isn't. It isn't even a commercial thing. I mean, essentially, um, the, you know, this cabal, what I call the cabal, uh, Silicon Valley is a very important part of it. And, and if you look at, I mean, let's take um, Zuckerberg, for example. He, he didn't. He didn't, you know, he didn't invent Faceache. (laughs) 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 You know, that's all of this stuff comes out of DARPA or, you know, it comes, you know, these basically these guys are um, there's 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 an expression for them. 
which is their corn, corn produce. You've heard of the C, you know, the CIA farm. When somebody takes on the CIA, they get sent to the farm. They get sent to the farm to be brainwashed and prepared for, you know, wherever they then get planted. They're called corn. Zuckerberg's corn. I always found it quite amazing that in the early days of Facebook, when he would have been offered you know, something like 100 million or something, maybe more, I don't know what the figures are, but he was offered a fortune yeah. for it. And he said, all I would do with the money is buy another social network or, or and words to that effect that he didn't really want to sell it. He just wanted a social network. And I always wondered what, really? That's what you want? Really? You don't want a hundred million? You'd have yeah. thought he might have asked for a life. I mean, most people would have gone for a life rather than a social network, but um, either, each to I, his own. Either, <laughs> either he had amazing an amazing foresight of what it would become or like you say, this was not just his doing. And, I guess the story of, of Google was very similar. Like the guys who set it up were yeah. offered a lot of money and just didn't take it in the, in the early days. And, and it went to a fortune, but it... it, it but it's interesting also to see that as Google's developed, if that's the right word, they've dropped the don't be evil uh, mantra. So effectively, mm. you might as well assume that their mantra is now do be evil. Or it's all right, <laughs> it's, or it's all right if you're evil. We don't mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, you know, the way that the the secret handshake international takeover society, also known as the shits, the way it works is that <laughs> <laughs> that's my favourite. I've created a number of acronyms over the years, but that's, that one's my favourite, the shits. I mean, the way they work is that you get selected to do a particular thing and and that's what you do and some some people get some people are born into it some people are groomed into it some people are bribed some people are blackmailed but you know it's almost like um, some people always, are born shits and some people when, some people become shits <laughs> yeah some people become shits and some people are born shits but the, the, you know there's whole families of the there's major families of, of the of the uh, shit crew there are the red shields in Europe. There are the uh, rock men in in the US. There are. If, the only, if only we had some idea of who you were talking about, Mark. Sorry. <laughs> if only we had some idea of who you who you were talking about. You're you're speaking these uh, extraordinary opaque codes that no one will ever be possible to crack. <laughs> Good. I don't want to be cracked. <laughs> Some would say I've been cracked for a very long time, but I don't want to be cracked. I mean, you know, if you look at somebody like uh, Deepak Willie, Deepak Willie Gates, you know, hit that that uh, he's a, a minor player in the in the rock man empire. So you know, you look at something like um, uh, I'll let I'll sod the code. You know, if, if you need to edit this out, edit this out. But in my opinion, um, he is not the genius that he's cracked out to be. He's a placeholder, fact, a placeholder like Zuckerberg. No, I'm talking about the Deepak Willie Gates now. Yeah, yeah. But you could argue the same thing, that he's someone that just got gifted uh, gifted a, a business yeah, via, his, via address, his parents. Yeah. In his case, mommy's address book, um, you know, dad, daddy's fetish with eugenics, uh, which is he's managed to bring that into it. So, so you know, if you look at those, um, if you look at those uh, films of him in front of Congress being grilled for the antitrust activity, deeply disturbing footage. That yeah, very very disturbing footage. To my mind, you've got a sociopathic, narcissistic duffer. I mean, I think the guy's quite mediocre, to be honest. Um, 
very, very dark and sinister. So, you know, we come to the end of that particular career. So what are we going to do now? Well, we do, you know, he did essentially what Rockefeller had done over 100 years previously. They go away and, you know, and they, they bring him back as, in his case, he used to go around giving dimes to kids, didn't he? If you remember. The Rockefeller uh, reinvention. Right, he could afford it. Yeah, because he was he was the you know the scumbag oil man. Mm. So he wanted to be reinvented as uh, a great a benefactor and philanthropist. Yeah, a philanthropist. Yeah. So he, he comes back and he, he you know they have him walking around giving you know, I got a dime from that nice Mister Rockefeller, and so then he decides that because he realizes that uh, oil. Is, is the base of a lot of pharmaceutical products. So he goes into pharmaceutical products and you see the attack on... Traditional um, pharmaceutical products. Yeah. Natural traditional, pharmaceutical traditional, products. Traditional, yeah. I mean, they're but basically, they were burning witches. The same thing as the burning the witches. Um, you know, like when sugar was interested, was was uh, introduced into the West from the Crusades, when it was introduced into Britain, um, you can imagine the arrival of sugar cane um, you can imagine what the Crusaders would have thought about this. They're in the, they're in the middle of it, in in a desert. They're in a war. They're on their knees, and somebody gives you a little bit of this white powder, and suddenly, you know, you're as high as a kite, and you're full of energy. You bring that back to a culture, to a culture where that's which has only ever had sugar beet, which is a much uh, it metabolizes a lot slower, um, and then so you know everyone everyone gets fat and their teeth fall out. Everyone gets fat and the teeth fall out and they start having heart disease. Um, and the, and the, 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 the church and the state are making a lot of money out of it. Who's standing up and saying this is bad news? Well, the local healers. Well, they're women, aren't they? Well, no, they're witches. So you can see how, how it's possible to demonize, and it's been happening for thousands of years, uh, of power demonizes anything that gets in the way of power. So that's that's the origin of why they wanted to demonize women and that's where the wit- the witch hunts came from. Is that what you're saying? I, I'm, that's that's just one. That's a theory, but that's a very interesting theory because yeah. because I've read Sol, uh, I've read Carl Sagan's book The Demon Haunted World which is very very interesting and yeah. he makes the point that um you see if you you actually look at what the 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 Catholic um, uh, or the Christian faith brought in, and it was that they created demons. So if you look at the the Greek gods, Greek the Greeks and their gods, they didn't have demons. So there was not nothing. There was nothing evil like that. There were monsters, but there was nothing evil. So it was the Catholic Church, or um, it was the Christian Church, whoever whoever did it. They brought in the concept of demons and evil. But that evil was supposed to be, um, it, it, it would relate to men and women. And and therefore, there was no reason just to go after women. And that, just, that fact just seemed to be, you know, put to one side. Now, if you were a woman and you were accused of being a witch, what would happen is the church, well, for a start, what would happen is you would have to go to court. But as a woman, you'd have to pay those court fees. Yeah. The person who accused you would get your estate. The state would get some of that money, and so would the church. So let's have a look at who's got any incentive to help this poor woman with all her land. And so it's absolutely incredible how that was that was a massive corruption. And what's what's come from it is, of course, we all know the the idea of witches and brooms to this day, which is, of course, nonsense. But it was... Mm. 
it was perpetrated to get money from these women. And now it makes more sense that I I always wonder, well, why, apart from the fact that they had money, men would have had money as well. So why are they, why are they saying it? Well, that would make, that would make perfect sense that there was a, another reason why they wanted to target women. Yeah. I I, I think that there's, you know, this is like most things, it's multi-stranded. That's just one reason, you know, and in that particular instance, what they were saying was bad for business. Just as, you know, in, in the 1920s, uh, Mr. Rockefeller comes along with his magic pill and doctors who are, you know, using natural remedies come along and say, no, actually, that all you've done there is you've taken something out of nature. You've found something in nature. You've slapped a patent on it. You've actually uh, uh, loaded all kinds of other crap into it, which is going to make people ill. Um, and people, you know, people shouldn't take that. Oh, well. So the, the, he had actually doctors arrested. You could not. There were there were um, medical schools shut down. There were doctors arrested. And just the same uh, as as what any kind of cartel or monopoly in any situation, they go in and they destroy the the competition. You know, the real irony in this uh, in this story, Mark, I'm reading Titan, which is a biography of John D. Rockefeller at the moment. And you yeah. know, his father was a philandering snake oil salesman. <laughs> yeah. So it's amazing the sort of cir- circularity of that of that fa- yeah, family that, relationship. That, it, yeah, it is, isn't it, Tim? And the, the, they often project their own crap onto other people. You know, you will be... W- you know, if you de- if you look at if you look at the way that they behave, they take all the things that they do and project them onto other people. They ac- accuse everybody else of the stuff that they're doing themselves. This is a common it's a common thing with snakes. So, in terms of you, you've said you you expect, uh, unless I'm mistaken, you, you would do expect um, a, a Trump um, rearrival. Back, uh, yeah, uh, re- reinstallation. Um, yeah. To what extent do you think that the the whole let's call it vaccination program can be, uh, if not aborted, then slowed and slowed and terminated. Do you think that can happen? And if and if it can happen, yeah. do you think that the people behind it will ultimately be accountable for what they've done? Yes, I think Fauci. Will, I think we will see Fauci wearing orange pajamas and bracelets sooner rather than later. It can't happen soon enough for me. And in relate, the, the thing that I think probably most people find most disconcerting about the state of the world at the moment is that this isn't isolated to any one country, but it's it seems to be a concerted, almost coordinated, could one say, um, action across. Certainly, the G seven. Oh. If, if not, if not, let's call it the West. Yeah. We're not. We're not immune to that process. So, do you do you foresee, let's just say, a few a few politicians and government agency employees being held accountable here? Yes, I do. I don't. I can't tell you how it. I can't see exactly how it's going to pan out. The, one of the re, one of the reasons that I because I would love to, and I, I think in some respects I do share your your view on this. I think one reason why I, I can't get more excited about it is because we're not hearing about anything that's happening on the by the part of let's say the white hats. All we're hearing is about what, what the conventional narrative. So assuming there are some white hats out there, we, we we've no idea what they may or may not be up to. Yeah. So we 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 we're, yeah. we're fighting a war, but we're fighting a war on a very foggy plane. Yeah, absolutely. And it's deliberately it's deliberately kept foggy because if they know if they know what you're doing, of course they can stop you doing it. Mm. So, but I mean, it's foggy on both sides actually because what. We we think we know what mm. the, the black hats to use the you know yeah. to use your metaphor. We think we know what the black hats are doing because the their media is telling us what they're doing. Mm. What the media tells us is very rarely you know 
what they're doing. I mean, for example, take that. Um, you remember the Ever Given, the Evergreen ship? That this was is the one that the one that blocked the Suez Canal. Yeah. Well, you know, they said that. Uh, oh, it was uh, it was a wind. Now, I don't know if you've ever seen one of those ships. Uh, you don't. Those ships. They, it, it takes 10, 20 miles to turn one of them round, even, you know, one full lock. The, the wind does not blow one of those ships into the side of a, of a canal. It doesn't. All of the, um, all of the ex- excuses for that, I mean, it just made me laugh when I, saw, when, I, when I saw it, apart from the fact that Evergreen was Hillary Clinton's code name, but with the, um, with the Secret Service. Apart from the fact that you know the Clinton Foundation has got money, has uh, owns shares in Ever, Ever Given, the firm that owns that. Apart from the fact that uh, to, uh, I think it was the following day there was an ev- an, an Evergreen lorry um, brought uh, broadside on in a road in China. Apart from all these weird coincidences, how the hell do you think they get they they transfer their stuff around the world? I could, you know, I mean, I I think what was on that ship is this going was, in an Epstein direction? Yeah, absolutely. Because this is going in an Epstein direction. The, this cabal is um, is evil to a degree that most people. I think when the truth comes out, people are going to be shocked, and I think we will. This period now, in many ways, it will be easier to cope than with the following 10 years of healing that's going to have to take place when people find out not only did they lie to you about that, they've also lied to you about this. One thing I suspect is going to happen over the months and years to come is a lot of people are going to pretend that they never capitulated in the way that they did to social forces. In other words, a lot of people who wore masks will say, well, I never did. A lot of people who strongly advocated taking supposed vaccines will say, no, I never argued in favor of them. We're going to see the biggest gale of cognitive yeah. dissonance in the history of in the history you're, of cognitive you're dissonance. You're absolutely right. That is bang on the money. You know, years ago, I took my when I was taking um, my girls around the university run. You know, you take them off to visit the different universities. We were in Liverpool. I'm sorry um, to hear that. <laughs> and we went to the uh, we went to the cavern. I said, yeah. "Come on, I'll take you to the cavern." You know, but bit of my youth here. Well, we'll not that I was there in the cavern but you know the Beatles was my you know it happened on my childhood if you like yeah so we'll go to the cavern and they were really excited we go in anyway there's this guy in a uniform showing us around and um it's really it's a really tiny place and Bonnie said she said god this is really tiny and the guy said yes he said but do you know when the Beatles were here it was the size of the Albert Hall Mm. (laughs) Bonnie said what (laughs) <laughs> he said, yeah, it was the size of the Albert So I said, come on, give us the punchline. How do you work that out? He said, because the amount of people that have told me that they were here the first night the Beatles played here, it must have been the size of the Albert Hall. Wembley, Wembley. <laughs> yeah, Wembley. And that's, ex- and, that, and that's exactly what you, know, what you just said there. There's going to be all these people that never wore a mask, never did this, They, you know, and that's exactly... That's exactly what'll happen, and I'm, I shall say, "Well, come on, show us your tweets, then, because yeah. I can show you, I can show you my blow." Get your get your tweets out, get your oh, tweets yeah, out for the lads, because I've got a tweet from um, <laughs> April the twelfth, twenty twenty, for example, that says uh, that that they are going to introduce vaccine passports, and it, oh, and I, you know, and I was banging on about this. 
if you people think I'm a conspiracy theorist now, people thought I was totally nuts. Oh, they would have thought you were the devil incarnate uh, 18 months yeah, ago. Yeah, March, April 2020. But, if, you know, it, it it's not it, – it, this is how – when you know the playbook, when you know how these people operate, it's not – it's not that. It's not that. You know, it's not that difficult. What they do is, if they want to introduce something, they create a problem that means that when they come in with what they want to do, it appears to be a solution yeah. to the problem they've created. I'm trying to think who it was that said that the, the future's already here. It's just not evenly distributed yet. <laughs> I don't know, but they were, whoever it was, they were right. How do you think UK politics will play out? Because obviously, you've spoken about Trump. Um, yeah. Does there seem to be any opposition? There doesn't seem to be any opposition to... No, the opposition is it's, it's completely controlled opposition. I mean, one of the things that is really disappointing, one of the things, that ever, there's certainly dozens of disappointing things, yeah. the left is nowhere. Hmm. The left is absolutely nowhere. They fought, even the, you know, I mean, people like Starmer, he is a member of the, the Trilateral commit, uh, Commission. He's a, he's a died-in-the-war, bought-and-paid-for globalist. He will be loving this. You know, this degree of control freakery and central control is perfect for a guy like him. He's, he, you know, so that that's one part of the left. Then you've got... Um, genuine people on the left who have a genuine desire to help people who they just don't get it now i can't explain how somebody that has got a problem with the banks and that has got a problem with 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 capitalism across the board hasn't got the wit to see that the 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 people behind this in the pharmaceutical industry and you know these these oligarchs are the absolute worst aspect. I mean, I wouldn't even call them capitalists. They're not capitalists. I wouldn't call them human. No, no, they're not really. They're, you know, they're psychopaths. There's bits of there's bits of software missing, i.e., a conscience and any sense of empathy. But they, these people can't seem to see that. Then, of course, they play to the they play to the universal. Um, What's it, the UBI, the universal benefit, the universal basic income crowd, who, you know, free stuff, you know, people who've been beaten down by their system so thoroughly over the years that, okay, us giving you a, a, some, us giving you money sounds like a good thing because they're so beaten down that they can't see that the word universal is bullshit. These people, there are strings attached and you can, and, and this is, again, that I've been saying this from the beginning, it will start off as, you know, you have your vaccine, you have your passport, one of, you know, one, you have your universal, your basic income, but of course that's for only, that's for people who comply. Yeah, it's entirely so conditional, not, it can be turned you know, off. It's not universal if you don't comply. Sorry, Tim, I no, told you. No, I was just going to say, it's it's, not, it's conditional, it's, you know, it can be yeah. turned off, yeah. switched off. So you've got, you've got those people on the left, that, you, know, I'm, you know, I'm sorry if I'm offending somebody on the left who sees through this, well, you know, this is one of those ones, if the cap fits, wear it. But then we've got the other, we've got another uh, group of people who are normally incredibly insightful as to the, you know, the military industrial complex and the way it works, who don't seem to get that they're writing, you know, they're, they're talking about and analysing the nature of predators and they don't see the alligator that just walked into their kitchen as mm. eating their dog. 
Mm. It, it's, it's astonishing that, you know, that they've, that, that I'm just repeating myself now, but so the left is nowhere, absolutely nowhere on this. In this, in this system as currently stands, to what extent can you have operating financial markets? And if, and if in as much as you can have them, what what would you be doing? What would, in as much as you have recommendations for people, I'm not suggesting that you're a, a full-time financial advisor, but in as much as you, you see merit in anything, what would you see merit in from an investment perspective? Well, in terms of where to put your money? Yes. Uh, okay. Apart from, well, it can include gold, because that would be my top of, top of my list right now. Well, it's the top. I mean, I can only tell you what, what I do. I can only tell you what I do, and and what I do is not necessarily uh, appropriate completely for people. up to date. Because I don't. That my thing is, I don't want to have to concentrate on this because I'm con- concentrating on this other stuff. Yeah. I want to sleep at night, and if my money was anywhere other than in gold, cash, and um, a few stocks, which are actually I've got something real, which are basically economically bulletproof. Yeah, I I, I want to sleep at night, you know, and um, when I first. Faced out of my business in 2012, and I started to have time to, you know, get him to take an interest in all of this stuff. And I and I started to look at my own where my own money was in 2013, and that's how I came across you, Tim. Because you know, I started to look at well, I looked at what my financial advisor was doing, and I thought, well, you know, I'm not so sure about this. And he only talked about he only talked about it to a certain degree. He didn't talk about the geopolitical picture. And I thought, well, there's something missing here because, you know, you've got to in business or in any aspect of life. If you're not if you're not looking for context, if you're unfocused on content, you're going to miss it. You're not going to see. You can't join the dots of a. You need to look at the big picture in order to see what that thing is. You need to understand the big picture explains everything within it. So I started to look at this stuff um, and uh, that's how I came across you. So I I decided a number of things very quickly, or very quickly, which is that my financial advisor was a complete idiot because I fired him. So I fired him. And how I found that out was I looked at the, the American fund that I had some I had some money in America. And my American fund seemed to be doing very poorly compared to everybody else's. So I said to him, I, I really get why you want to put money in America. And so I want some money in America. But why on earth are you keeping it in this thing that's just doing really poorly? And he said, well, I don't know. I'll have a look at it and come back to you. So he went off to do his research. Research. Um, he said sarcastically. So I thought, well, I'll do my research. So I did some research. And what I discovered was that the guy who'd set this fund up had actually left and they put some other numpty in there. And the performance, this guy had gone in there and changed a few things around. The performance had gone down since this guy took over. So I thought, right, well, I'm going to wait and see what this guy says when he comes back to me. So he came back to me and said, no, I've spoken to the company. I'm not going to mention any names. Oh, go um, on, be a devil. Uh, well, You're amongst friends. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's a safe space, promise. We're moving swiftly on. Yeah. Um, he, <laughs> he said, he said uh, oh, they say everything's going to be okay. There was no mention of what I'd found. Right. So I thought, you know, this guy's a this guy is a is a commission taker. That's what he does. So that's when that's I really not the C word I expected to hear you use just then, Mark. Sorry? That's not the C <laughs> not word the... I expected you to use just then. No. <laughs> He's just a complete commission taker. <laughs> <laughs> There are a number of other words, some of which start with W. 
But um, yeah, so that was when I thought, well, I better, I better find out. So, um, and I was already starting to get more involved with what was happening geopolitically. And then, of course, you know, the finances just go along with that. That's when I came across Money Week and mm. when I came across you, Tim. And so I've managed my own money since 2013. But it's, but it's very, very boring because, you know, I waited for gold to go. It was on the slide when I started mm. to look at it. And um, I waited for it to go under 1200 before I bought because – yeah, I don't know. I can't even remember why, but it seemed to me at the time, I thought there's a floor and the floor is when it breaks 1200, people are going to go, it's cheap. We're going to buy. Now, as it happened, it eventually went to 1050. But I bought at 11. I started buying it at, at 1180. So I look at it now and it's 1800 or whatever it is. Mm. So, you know, 50 percent plus if you buy shares, it's not uncommon. If gold goes up 50 percent, you can make 200 percent on a share if you buy the right share. Yeah, for sure. So but the thing is that I I expected to go to at least two and a half and probably five. But B, whether it does or not, I go to sleep at night. I don't worry Mm. about it. You know, if I had put money into into these fangs. I don't know if that's what they still call it. Yeah, Facebook, Amazon, Amazon, Netflix, Google. Yeah, all all of that, all of that. Number one, I would have to really swallow my intense dislike of the people that run those organizations, Mm. the way that they operate, the way that they are political tools uh, uh, of people that regard human beings as cattle. Mm. Apart from apart from all of that, when Trump does come back, they really are, and I will use the right word here. Mm. These those companies are really in the shit. Mm. The um, the companies they, they censored Trump, knowing what they were doing. The companies that you invested in and are able to sleep at night. Are you able to mention? I know this is everyone should do their own research, and this is not a recommendation, yeah. and that's that applies to everything that we talk about always. Yeah. But um, would you be able to mention what they are, and if not, what they are, what sector they might be in? Yeah, well, here's a very simple uh, one, which won't surprise anybody. I'm guessing oil might be among them. Sorry, I'm thinking oil might possibly have been among them. No, it's they're primarily gold and silver okay. mines. To be honest. Um, uh, the, the, the my biggest position, I think, is in Franco Nevada. Ah, oh, lovely, lovely which silk, is, you know, silk streaming, you streaming know, company. Is a um, what was Roy- royalty the, and streaming company? Yeah, royalty and streaming company. So, so they will find companies in that field that they think are going places, and they will finance them so they don't have to do it through the banks. So only instead of charging them multiple, you know, high interest rates, to ch- they will take a, a percentage of what they produce so um and, and that's how they make their money so they're they're kind of ba- they're, they're a bank for that particular market so for, for anyone that's for anyone that's company. for anyone that's unaware that the, the beauty of the royalty and streaming model is that it, it doesn't the companies that are involved in it which is things like franco nevada wheat and precious metals are the two two largest they're not yeah. exploration and pr- production companies, so they're 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 basically using companies that have already taken on exploration production risks. So they're simply buying existing supplies of the physical metal, which largely eliminates the um the the more cyclical risk of uh, bullion mining. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. The only reason so- I, the only reason I mention oil is is that it seems to me there's a huge. Uh, secular opportunity in hydrocarbons because um, the green woke fraternity is is clearly allergic to them. So 
when you have forced selling in a sector, that's normally a possibility for opportunity for people yeah. who can operate on a more unconstrained basis. Yeah. I mean, what, what happens? Or, or to use to use a Trumpism, because I think Trump uses this, this coinage the other day. Everything, everything woke turns to shit. Yes. Was a be- I watched the speech. I watched the whole thing um, for uh, you know because it, I'm I'm really want to see how this is going to play out. And he does, he, you know, he doesn't. He speaks in code a lot of the time. But it was, <laughs> um, but it was uh, yeah. I mean, that was that was very that was the easy easily decipherable code. Everything woke turns to shit, and he's absolutely right. Do you know on that subject of um, him speaking? It's amazing. It's amazing how many people hate that guy who've never actually listened to a speech. So I've asked them. I said, "Have you ever listened to? Did you listen to his uh, inauguration speech?" No. And I think, well, if if you really want to know what the guy's about, listen to what he says. But people don't. And they and this is a, this is symptomatic. I, I, you know, it's not even about him. It's symptomatic of where we got to, where we live in this soundbite culture. Where not only do we live in a soundbite culture, we are we are taking our soundbites from people who are bought and paid for by some of the most disgusting creatures on the planet. Mm. No wonder we're in this shit. Sorry, I, I've segued off there. No, no, not at all. So in doing your own research for your investments, yeah. was there, is this something that you, you do regularly? Do you sort of revisit what you've got and think, um, okay, I still like that? Or it, so if gold goes down a lot, will you think I'll buy some more or will that make you get out? And indeed, if it goes up, will you add to, add to that position? I mean, it seems like you're, you're, you're you're pretty much eggs in that basket apart from your cash in in terms of equity portfolio so there's not much hedge, hedging yeah. going on with other markets yeah no no i i'm i'm a uh, i'm probably doing it all wrong a lot of people would say you know i'm doing it all wrong what i can tell you is i sleep at night i'm not trying to make fortune i'm retired now so i don't you know my the, our bits and pieces coming from various uh, occasionally, I'll get get something from something from a company that I I, I ran years ago, um, but it's minimal now. Um, so I'm living off our off our um, off our earnings, savings, if you like. I have no wish to gamble. Um, I fully expect. I'm confident in the position that I've got. I'm confident in it, and I can sleep at night. So, but. Technically speaking, am, am I a good example for a young guy 30? No, I'm not because I don't look at my uh, portfolio every three months. Um, I, I may look at the price of gold or the price of whatever once a week. I may not. So, you know, if you're if you're starting out managing your own money, you can't afford to be like that. I, I'm, not sure, I'm, not sure I, I'm not sure I would necessarily wholly subscribe to that because one thing that both my partner in, in business Killian and I share is the perspective that whether you're 30 or, or 50 or 70 the chances are you probably want broadly similar things namely you want to you want your portfolio to be worth more at the end of the year than it was at the beginning of the year and you don't want to take too much risk you don't want to risk too much um, catastrophic loss of capital but there's this one thing I'm struck by when you said you wouldn't look at your portfolio maybe even for you know two three months uh, I've used this story before, but I was with some trend followers and um, high-frequency traders a, a couple of years ago. And we're value investors, so we we invest for the very long term. So a, a typical minimum theoretical 
time horizon for us will be two to three years. And there was a guy sitting next to me who was running a, um, a high frequency division at some bank. And the question arose, what's the longest duration you've ever held a position for? And he said two and a half seconds. And the idea that you can have people in the same market, I think the thing about the efficient market hypothesis and all of the sort of academic claptrap that's 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 you know taken as taken as gospel in things like the MBA program and people studying to, to enter the financial industry is that you know markets are efficient, markets are irrational and everyone's after the same thing. But I think just in this conversation we're we're showing that people are not after the same thing. That if you've got a system whereby people are trading in and out of markets every second that cannot be consistent with someone who's only going to trade once every two or three years, if that. And my, my own suspicion would be that, and this is a, this is a kind of hoary old a sort of Warren Buffett-style observation, but I, I happen to think it's true, which is you get out of markets what you want to put into them. So if you want sex and violence, you'll get it, but it won't necessarily do you any good. And if you want to sleep at night, well, chances are you will be able to sleep at night. And it's, it, it is a bit boring, but people don't necessarily go into the stock market to be interesting they just you know so you get you get out of it what you put into it if you see what i mean but uh, you say about you say about doing things right or wrong there is no for you there's no that's not it's not a wrong way to approach your portfolio because it works for you and i think the bigger biggest problem you can have with taking positions is not believing in it so if you didn't really believe in owning the positions that you did you'd get shaken out you know, if you saw it, if you looked at it every day or every week and the market went down, that might make you feel like, oh, you know, I shouldn't be in this because you don't believe in it. And therefore you'll exit yeah. the position. And then that might be at the beginning of a, of a massive rally. So, um, so the most important thing is you, you're comfortable with how you Ex- ma- exactly. manage your position. And that's exactly. it. That's the only way to, to approach it really. Exactly. Now, there is a um, a philosophy, if you like. It's interestingly, um, I don't know if you've seen the, the interview that uh, some American uh, journalist did with uh, with George Soros. Forgive me for mentioning the name. Excused. But, um, he gave this interview and um, and he said, well, he said a number of things that were that made me want to reach for a brown paper bag. But one of the things that he said was, um, you know, I am an investor. I I do not uh, get involved in the moral the morality of it or or any of that stuff. I'm here to make money. Okay. Now, my re- attitude to that is right. I am because I, I'm I, I'm different to that because I'm not going to make money out of something that kills people. I'm not going to make money out of something that's designed to rip people off. Okay. So if you want to live in your cold narcissistic sociopathic world if that's how you want to make money then i'm measuring myself against a different system a completely different system that's the first thing the second thing is don't then after you've done that turn around and tell the world that you're that you're a this nice cuddly uh philanthropist who wants to make the world a better place those two things don't sit together, and then you start to look into the, these these causes. Uh, you know, they they invests in the guy invests in in color revolutions. That's what he invests in. He's I, probably probably one of the biggest uh, backers of BLM. I'm guessing. Yeah, and Antifa. Uh, Antifa. Antifa. Now you see, this is this is the this is the problem where you run into problems with with people on the left because they, are, in my view, they're getting hooked on the labels. Am I saying that black lives don't matter? 
Well, of course not. I mean, it's so bloody stupid, isn't it? Of course black lives matter. Of course black lives matter. But what then, but then all, is, all lives matter. Yeah. I, I, but what I'm also saying is, yeah, I don't think they matter to George Soros. Mm. I, you know, I don't think, apart from, you know, you look at Antifa, who are effectively brown shirts, mm. they, they fulfill the same function as the brown shirts. So that now, for example, now in uh, Portland, in Oregon, the police, the woke police up there, the, the Democrat-controlled police, have said, uh, you know, we're not going to come out onto the street if there's if there's gunfights, we're just going to let you get on with it. So the summer of love can continue. Now this isn't anti-fascism. This is fascism. It's not anti-fascism. Well, am I against fascism? Of course I am. Am I for a bunch of guys going around into black neighbourhoods, smashing up black businesses, attacking people into the in the street? And, and am I going to watch that and turn around and go, well, these people are against fascism? No, they're not. They're destroying black communities. In the event that Trump does um, does return, do you think he's capable of turning this ship around? Uh, absolutely. In fact, I think that a lot of these people are going to find themselves arrested. They're going to find themselves arrested because um, if you follow it closely, a number of things that he did, I mean, this is getting down into really minor joining the dots territory. This is like we're down at one point of the we're looking at a join the dots puzzle. Mm. We're looking we're down in one of the corners now and we're working on a shoe. Mm. We're not even working on the big picture. But um he uh he made a number of changes to a number of things last year that enabled um that enabled the military to monitor people if there was a perceived foreign threat because of course because of posse comitatus the military can't interfere in in anything in, in domestic policing and this is all absolutely as it should be sorry you know, sorry what, to excuse my ignorance there i don't know what that what that is could you explain it please mark posse comitatus yes that's the first time okay. i've ever heard that word okay it's it's a um it's a an act it's law in america the posse comitatus act that essentially separates the military from uh, any involvement in policing. Right. Uh, in other words, sense. you know, yeah. keep them off the streets. Yeah, yeah. They are to protect us externally. So that's why it's a big deal in a film where they say, well, we're declaring martial law. Yes. Yeah. So anyway, I, I, I'm not sure how much of this I can uh, I can go into without sounding, um, either going into a degree of detail that I'm going to struggle with without looking at my papers and stuff. Trump did made a number of changes to the law and put a number of people in place last year, look, people uh, loyal to the White Hats, if you like, whereby I believe it, they know, he knows who these people are. He knows who funds these people. He knows it goes back to the to a gentleman that we were talking about earlier in this conversation. He knows what the, the whole purpose of it has been, and those people will be, bought, will be held to account. So, for example, to go back to my thesis earlier, whereby you know, you've got the stool I described with the new, imagine the new world order as the top of the stool and the three legs being the the uh, COVID, the Great Reset and the November Steel. Um, the, the globalists knew that they had to get rid of Trump. Without Trump, there is no Paris climate. With Trump there, there's no Paris climate deal. There's no Great Reset. There's no, there's no, there's none of these, these things. And if you look at his speeches at, um, at the UN, he made it very clear in one one speech, particularly he did 
three years ago. He said, the future of the world is not globalism. The future of the world is in independent nations that put the interests of their people first. Amen to that. That that was a speech he made. Now, this is completely, yeah, amen to that, because this completely goes against the whole drift of world government that these, these, these snakes have been taking us in for years, this centralized government where they are in control. And there's a depopulation agenda to it as well, which is a whole another can of worms which we could open if you wanted to. But that, yeah, that's, that's, where he, that's where Trump comes from. Now, they've got to get rid of him. So how are they going to get rid of him? How are they going to get rid of a guy who is becoming more and more popular in, in a... Um, With an economy where manufacturing is coming back from overseas, where there's there's where uh, regulation is being stripped out, where uh, it's creating jobs. None of this, none of which is none of that stuff which is ever covered in our media. How are they going to do that? How they go? Well, so COVID, COVID is is a perfect uh, cover cover for it. So COVID comes in. He comes out and he says, right, well, hydroxychloroquine. Oh, no, 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 no. That's, that's, that's poisonous. That's poisonous. No, what we need is vaccines. So they had to destroy the reputation of known therapeutics like HCQ, like ivermectin, um, and all these various things in combination with zinc and other things, na- na- more natural remedies, if you like. That Those things had to be, they had to be demonized for the simple reason that you can't put a vaccine through for ex- on, on an experimental basis. Emergency basis. And cures, right? So so that's going on. So then you've so got... It's like the, the, curse, the curse of Rockefeller all over again. Exactly, exactly. So you've got that that one, that one whole thing going. Then you've got the, the, the summer of love where um, essentially Antifa are destroying cities in, in, in uh, down the West Coast, the Democratic Democrat-controlled states down, down the West Coast. Seattle and Portland, Oregon, and those places, essentially to against Trump. So he's the great racist. You know, he's he's a racist. He's a misogynist, and he's now. I'm not saying I want him to marry my daughter. I'm saying that he's not this great demon that he's been made out to be. Mm. I'm saying that they have to get rid of him because he's against what they want to do. Because. No way can they they incorporate. A, they can't create a world government with a with a powerful, independently minded American America. So they have to get rid of it. So that's where these the, you know these things. Uh, if you join the dots, COVID, the Great Reset, this stolen election. This is. I'm not saying it's the same twelve guys sitting around the same table. The world doesn't work like that. But this is a. The, the, this is a. Those things are all with a common interest in mind, and that mm. common interest is uh, we destroy the old economy, we destroy democracy, we introduce a centralised, technocratic system of government. In other words, feudalism, or you might want to call it communism, with a bunch of blood-sucking parasites at the top. All of those people that we talked about before, which I gave the, you know, the funny names too, and others who are so disgusting that we don't even see them in public. And I'm also saying that like in any mafia situation, because this is like a a very, uh, you know, it's it's a mob, basically. 
it's a, it's a mob of very rich psychopaths. I'm I'm also saying that just as in the mafia, if you've got a guy selling drugs on a street corner, for the guys import importing the drugs uh, at source to say that what's going on on the street has nothing to do with them, it's just not going to wash. And what I'm saying is that if you look at the world today, and this is what people are going, this is what people are going to going to have find it very difficult to come to terms with when the truth starts coming out because there are more slaves on this planet now than there's been in well i don't i don't ever, know ever. probably ever. ever and most of them are women and children and so the the child trafficking trade is huge the 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 pedophilia amongst elites is rampant for these people to say it's nothing to do with them it's ridiculous so we're dealing with a bunch of people who've got no they don't care about you and me we're cattle but if if things if things turn out the way that you, you suggest they might then there's there is the prospect of uh, not so much a great reset a great reject i think would be the the best way of describing it so to put to put you on the spot in terms of timing yeah. christmas 2021 black christmas or white christmas is it going to be a good christmas or or a great christmas oh what a question Timing's not my thing, really. I appreciate um, that. It's, it's, a, it's a tough one. It's a loaded one to, to I answer. I think it's but... going to be a good Christmas. In fact, I feel, although, you know, I might... I might uh, the, like, one of the reasons I ask is because I think people are in need. I know I am. I think people are in need of some good news right now. Yeah. Well, the good news, I, I, I don't know about Christmas. I, I would say, you know, if I have to give a... Dis, if I have to give go either way, and I must, I must. I'm going to go for a white Christmas. Hmm. I think, and I know that I've I've spelt, I, I've painted a very dark picture. But that's that's part, largely in the past, to be fair. So a yeah. lot of that is behind us now. One yeah. hopes. I, I, I mean, I, I've done that because you know, if you're looking at a dark, you know, if you if if the world is dark, the only way we're gonna we're gonna get to the light is to actually walk through that darkness and clean hmm. it up, and it needs to be cleaned up. And it, it's almost like you know, it's it's almost like. If if ever you've decided that you're gonna you've put something off and you've put something off and you've put something off and you think, well, I've got to go and clean up that room. You walk into that room, the first thing you notice is how dirty it is. And once you start cleaning it, you notice how dirty it is. But you do it because you want to get it, you want to get it clean. And we have to go through this period to, to reclaim this planet and our economy for decent human beings. It doesn't matter what colour you are or you know how much money you've got or where you live basic decent humanity that that has a conscience and a and has empathy for other people we need to reclaim this planet now the good news is that if you look at the at all the things that are happening at the moment i think that you know they are panicking they're panicking like mad and they're panicking like mad because they're losing because we should have all been vaccinated by now we should have all they thought we were all going to roll over and, you know, say, oh, come and stick your nasty little needle in me. Um, and we're not. If you look at it, Australia, which is fascist central at the moment, uh, it's, but I, it, to, to my mind, Australia and New Zealand are almost the great reset pilot sites. Just that we, something Paul and I were discussing earlier, why do you think those two countries are as badly affected as do you think it's because of literally geographical proximity to china um i think that's that's partly it but i, I think if you look at um, they've been groomed there's a lot of um if you look at someone like andrews for example who's the uh prime minister uh of um 
Oh, God, I get this. St- uh, Victoria, isn't it? Where Melbourne is. Yeah. Am I right? Probably. Like, where, where, New South Wales is Sydney, isn't it? Yeah, uh, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, I can see we need uh, to gen up, gen up on our, on our think, geography of Australia. Believe, yeah. Why should I believe a guy who doesn't even know, uh, you know, the, the capital of these Australian sites? Anyway, Andrews, Dan Andrews and Melbourne and places like that. Now, Melbourne's one of the Rockefeller safe cities, you know, one of the – you know, they've got this whole thing of safe cities, strong cities, and all of that. All of that. In right. other words, Rockefeller has invested in that city for years. So, of course, they're going to be going along with it. You look at um, uh, New Zealand, or Skeletal Blair, as I call her. What's her name? Uh, uh, Jacinda Ardern. She's one of um, creepy Klaus Schwab's um, young leaders, um, these people have been groomed. These people have been groomed to do exactly what they're doing. And then, you know, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of China money in in Australia. And as you said, Tim, this is this is very good for China. So um, I've lost my train of thought now. What, what, no, it's where, it's back we... to the, back to the timing. So it, it, it's yeah. a possibility we we may yet be through some of the worst of this by the end of the year. Yeah, uh, certainly for America, um, it's going to take a while for it to ripple through, but it is going to affect the rest of the world. But I think they are full. The narrative is falling apart, and I think that once that first leg of the stool goes down, when when it is proven that the election was stolen, then then lots of other things follow in in, in swift lots order. Lots of other things. Lots of other things follow, and you know, and the the. So I see, I see them. I see this as the death throes of of a parasitic system. Mm. It's going to be hell to pay in the uh, aftermath, though, isn't there? Yeah. I mean, it's going to be it's going to be bloody one way or another. Well, a lot of you know, you, you you were saying earlier about people are going to turn around and say, "Well, I never wore a mask." Mm. There are going to be people who are those whole who find it very difficult to come to terms with the fact that they were fooled so badly. Mm. There's going to be people are going to be experience shame. I think to be fair to to people that to Karen, well, I I think to be fair to, to 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 people they wouldn't expect to be lied to, and therefore you know I I I I would suggest that people do their own research in every respect yeah. and on both sides because getting to the truth of anything is is hard enough. Yeah, but I have a certain amount of sympathy of expecting your government to act in your best interest and for the media to actually tell you what's going on yeah. and not be corrupt. I th- I think that's a that's a fair enough assumption. And I think a lot of people just want to do the right thing, what they feel is the right thing. And I think I, 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 I would have to concede that Paul has a point, a big point here. And that people, I think people have been monstrously traduced by by entities in power that previously they had trust in. So there's been a monstrous abuse of trust over the last 18 months. I agree with what with what you both just said there. I think that there's an old saying that um, the devil's greatest trick was convincing people that he didn't exist. Uh, His second greatest trick was convincing people that he was the good guy. And And that's exactly... The fact that Tony Blair keeps popping up on the news shows that both of those things are true. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Even even looking like that character from uh, Ghostbusters. Yeah. Before he had his hair cut. Um, So, yeah, I, I, I don't... I don't, I get frustrated, but I don't blame people for being deceived. I don't blame, like you say there, Paul, I don't blame people for being deceived. I think people have based, most people are decent human beings. Most people, you know, whether you agree with them politically or in any other way, most people love their kids and 
do not seek to cause other people harm. They're basically good, decent people. Good, decent people find it difficult to believe that anybody could be that evil. Yeah, yeah. Basi- and they are. Uh, These and- people are. Yeah, and if if the if the government says that by wearing this mask you're going to protect other people and not make them sick, it's it's not. I I know that there's that resistance to it for reasons of science, but if if that's what you have to do to protect somebody, that does not sound like the worst thing in the world. It's what it leads to in the manipulation and everything else, which I you know which I totally get. But as a yeah. as a single act, it's it does not sound like the worst thing in the world to do, if that makes sense. But the, no, ro- the, road, to hell, the road to hell is paved with single acts, it seems to be the problem. Yeah, 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 I, I, I get that. But if, 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 if it made a difference, if it made a difference, that would be something that wouldn't be the worst thing in the world to do. No, if it, if, if it helped, yeah. it wouldn't be. If it, if it was genuinely going to stop something that you didn't have a 99.9% chance of surviving, even if you did get it, then yes. But of course... Yeah, you know it. You know, like Tim's saying there, it's one. It's one part of a of a number of things. And the other thing, you know, something that we really need to remember, because some some people sometimes people uh, struggle with the idea that you know, with the whole conspiracy theory idea. Well, you know, are there twelve people sitting in a room somewhere in a dark room, hatching all of these things and controlling everybody? No, of course not. There are, but there are. There are. It's probably fourteen. <laughs> You know, there are people who make it their business to... To boss other people around. Yeah, to study how to manipulate society. You know, the Tavistock Tavistock Institute, that's what they do. A lot of these think tanks, they're sitting around, you know, thinking up shit, if you like, not how to make life better for you. Have you seen The Century of the Self, Adam Curtis? No. Oh, you'd love that. It's... um. Adam Curtis documentary about basically in the 1900s they realized that manufacturing could create everything that people wanted enough clothes enough shoes enough whatever it would be and therefore I've seen it yeah yeah in those so in those days um people would buy a pair of shoes on the basis of their utility you know need a pair of shoes this one's worn out um and that'd be it so what they decided to do was make people overconsume, and the way to do that planned obsolescence helps well, planned obsolescence helps, but more importantly, marketing and propaganda changing their psychology helps a great deal. So they employed, I believe, it was either the cousin of or someone Bernays, who relates, Edward Bernays, Edward Bernays, yeah, who's Bernays, related to Freud. Son of Freud. Yeah, related to Freud, and he um, gave them insights into the human psychology, yeah. which basically said things like, "Well, you've got to associate products with famous people, and that's what makes." People want things, so that's why you've got the celebrity driving X product or promoting X product in that way. Or you've you've got to and to that. Sorry to cut in, Paul. To that point, that's the reason why you've got so many of these wanker celebrities endorsing the supposed vaccines because you can't advertise this stuff legally. It can only be done through celebrity endorsement. Yeah, right. Um, I didn't know that. A lot of those celebrities are there because they're, you know, they're members of the Secret Handshake International Takeover. But I, I like to think that those celebrities will not have a commercial future when the truth emerges from this mess. So, 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 just going to be in jail. So, just to close off that, um, yeah. So you, you, you have seen it, and you, you, so you remember it. So, yeah, um, it, it is absolutely fascinating as to how 
we were effectively manipulated and in, into, so women were manipulated into smoking. I thought was what the shock, most shocking aspect yeah. of it because they realized that 50% of the market was women just didn't smoke. It was like, it wasn't the done thing. It was taboo. It was very taboo. And they had yeah. to, and I haven't seen Mad Men, but many people have told me that, that it's, that if you've seen Mad Men, it's, it's explored within that series. Have you seen, have any of you guys seen it? Well, I, I haven't seen it, but I've been told that, uh, Tim was shaking his head there. So I, I, I was, I was told that Mad Men sort of goes into that subject and you see that aspect. So obviously that's part of the series as well as the bigger story. Um, it's funny cause I thought we were going to go back to the whole concept of Darth Vader's cock, but clearly I mis <laughs> misremembered the uh, documentary in question. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually, it's actually hard to get hold of in America. Funnily enough, I was told like the Adam Curtis stuff is not does not go down well. Well, the BBC also Nazis when it comes to distribution of their own content. Well, yeah, could could be. I don't. I don't. Which know. we've already paid for. Yeah, I think. I think it's a bit odd that when you you actually go to the BBC iPlayer, things disappear off it, and you can't watch it anymore. Which is a bit a bit strange. But I suppose that's another subject. But um, Mark, you're not on Twitter anymore. How do people follow what you're up to? Is there, are there any other ways of getting? Do yeah. you write research or anything like that? I've gone to Telegram. Okay. Uh, so Telegram um, is another uh, you've messaging got, you've, app. Got, you've gone old school then, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm starting a new platform called Carrier Pigeon. <laughs> Carrier Pigeon. <laughs> semaphore. <laughs> yeah, semaphore. Smoke. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah so, uh, so, so Telegram is a messaging app, If in case... People listening didn't know that. And yeah, uh, so you can have your own chat. You can, well, it's a messing, messaging app, but you can have your own channel. Um, oh, right. I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. So I've got my own channel, which is uh, called Mark GB Blog. Um, and uh, the great thing, the great thing about it is that uh, you can you can use a hell of a lot more than two hundred and eighty characters. I think it's something like seven hundred and seventy-seven or something silly. Mm. Or well, that might be uh, one of the other social, because there's, there's Gab and there's Getter now as well, which I'm on, but I don't really use a lot. The trouble is these things don't have any critical mass yet, do they? No. I mean, I've got, I, I've been on, I don't know, a few weeks now. I've got 46 uh, subscribers to my channel, which, I mean, it took four and a half years to get to six and a half thousand on Twitter. And, you know, that's fine because... You know, I, I'm not mainstream. I'm never going to have a huge following because I'm not mainstream and uh, I don't advertise and I'm not going to advertise. So, you know, it's like, these are my ideas. Take it, don't take it, like it, agree with it, argue with it, do whatever you want with it. But, you know, that's it. So it's never going to get big. But so there's, there's Telegram and there's also my blog, which is markgb.com. And if you go to markgb.com, um, it's a very no, you know, it's, it's not a fancy website. Basically, there's a landing page that says where you are. You, then you go to a page with describes the core message, which is the description of those three articles that I, I mentioned at the beginning. You know, the 20th century play, uh, the quickening and comply or die, the myth of the great reset, just so people know what I'm about. And then you go to the to the blog and I, I post Recently, I've been putting out a lot on there because there's always something to say now. There's, it's a moving feast, but you know, everything I, everything I, the long stuff that I write is all there, would and you, there's a link to Telegram from there. So I would say, if, if anybody wants to find out more, go to markgb.com. Well, we'll put notes, we'll put links in the show notes, and um, 
I, I just what, what one last question from me would be that um, w- would you say that COVID accelerated the quickening because the quickening was happening beforehand? Has it accelerated it or did it push it sort of knock it off course and then it will swing back with with greater force? W- would that be a way of describing it? If I need to make a mental image of it, um, I, I can't give a simple answer to that. I think number one. They have been wanting to do something with a coronavirus for years. Fauci is Fauci has been trying to get this nasty little show on the road for years, with with various you know in various different ways. Last year they did in in September or Octo- October the the event two hundred one yeah, uh, which is basically them uh, letting us know that this was about this is what they were going to do and also a dry run if and you what like. we should be braced for. Yeah. So did it accelerate? It was a perfect it was a perfect opportunity. But then you come to the point was, was it a an accidental uh, release or was it a deliberate release? Well, we're pretty sure A, it was created in a laboratory. It didn't come from a, a bat that flew all the way from where the bats live and, you know. Into somebody's got, bowl of soup. Yeah. It's not it's not come from somebody eating soup. It was made in a lab. In a lab. We know that Fauci was... Uh, investing in gain of function, we know that gain of function. He was doing that in America and that illegally. That, Ill- yeah, it was stopped, and then he oh, better ship this over to Wuhan. We know that he was actually funding it. It's clear if you if you read the stuff and if you look at his uh, his testimony when Rand Paul ripped him a new one in the Senate, it, it's clear that whether it was accidental or whether it was deliberate. They did it. Kind of doesn't really matter anymore, though, does it? Really? It doesn't really. I mean, what we what we do know is well, what I know in my map of the world, I, I know this. You know, I don't believe this. I or think it. I know it. As far as I'm concerned, other people have to make up their own mind. But you know, I've I've um, studied human behaviour and human dynamics for years. It's what I used to do. My company was completely based on that stuff. When I see a video of a guy collapsing in the street because he's contacted COVID, and I see him fall like a tree, but at the last minute his Puts arms his and legs out. break his fall, mm. I don't need anything else to know that that's been staged because that's not you know that's not how you fall down if you're unconscious. And why is he being videoed in the first place? And why is it being videoed in the first place? So whether or not it, it, it you know, was an accidental uh, escape from the lab or whether somebody did it deliberately, not only did they, they actually set in place a, a, a PR campaign to sell it to the rest of the world as this killer thing. Who, where did those videos actually come from? Like, wh- who, who was posting them? Uh, Do well, we know? They, they, they appeared out of China in... Um, I think it was February, didn't they? Or, or it might have been earlier. Uh, well, yeah, they, they were presented as, oh, somebody caught this on film. But let's just say they're Chinese-origined videos. Yeah, because because what I was what I was yeah. thinking alternatively to the the idea that this was this was propaganda. Perhaps like if you were if you were in Wuhan and you knew that this virus was spreading, but you couldn't explicitly say what was happening the only way to do it would be to create a video like this to warn other people then then it could look like that do you see what i mean so that's a possibility yeah so so i i I know it's a um 
so they, they couldn't say, look, this is, this is, so they have to just show it graphically. Now, I, I don't know who posted the videos or where they came from, but I've, I've seen some of them and they look virtually comical. Mrs. Edna B. Wu of 37 Medemsley Road, Wuhan. That's where they came from. And, you know, you've got these shots of the, this guy, this guy, <laughs> this guy caught in a, bl- a butterfly net. And, oh, yeah, yeah. The, the, the people with butterfly nets. Because butterfly nets is always how well, the yeah. serious scientists capture people, I- I- dangerous people with yeah, butterfly well, nets. Well, I've seen, I've seen loads of butterfly nets <laughs> in, in in the back of police vans, haven't you? Don't you see that they walk around with butterfly nets? They've got, you know, the official butterfly net. It's 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 well known. You know, they've got the extending butterfly net that's got, you know, the executive one that's that, that opens up for larger candidates. But but anyway, the Red Admirals. I didn't get where I am today without a butterfly net, Reggie. <laughs> In my day, oh, we, used to, we used to dream of being caught by butterfly nets. Luxury. <laughs> So, I mean, what that was, goodness knows. So that can't have been, that can't have been a concerned citizen trying to spread the word. It was, that must have been something different. But I I, I thought some of the other ones, you know, how how else do you get the word out? Because when journalists are being jailed and and, and worse uh, in that Sorry, country, is this the UK or Australia or New Zealand? Well, or? isn't it, isn't it difficult to, to you know, where we've, where we've moved to. Um, but yeah, exactly. Um, how else would you get the word out? Um, would be my question, but well, yeah, that, that, that's, that's a distinct possibility. And I hadn't thought of that before. I had not thought of that, you know, but, that somebody may have actually made these videos because they wanted to get it out to the world. What, what, however they made them for whatever reason they made them, what happened in the West was they were latched onto and, and used to create this, you know, the, the, the real pandemic, which is fear. Mm. Yeah. They've well, been used. Well, when you watch the documentary, which will be my, my media pick, the Channel 4 documentary, um, was it a lab leak? Um, you, you, you'll see that uh, one part of it, they, they, they sent, um, the person that was sent to dis- discover whether it was a lab leak or not, you'll be pleased to hear, was um, Peter Daszak. Peter Dashak. So they sent him in to do that. I think he's likely to end up in um, orange jumpsuits as well. It's ra- yeah. Rather, rather interesting choice. In the hen house. Ra- rather interesting choice, shall we say? I mean, to 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 make it more complicated, throw, to throw another one in here. Um, you know that Trump. Trump says that it was uh, an act of war from China. Yeah, yeah, it was amazing how he's saying all these things. He, no, so, so he said that way back in uh, January, February or, or, or whatever. Now, I remember listening to him say that at the time and, and thinking, well, I, I don't know about that. I've had no, that wasn't my first assumption. Uh, now, I don't know how, there is no definitive answer to this, but there is a very strong, there, you know, there's a theory that there is a Chinese um whistleblower who defected to the US. What's his name? He's the equivalent of, I mean, this is a senior guy. This is a guy, to put put it in uh, in context, if he would have been in America, would have been the equivalent of Mike Flynn, who was head of the DIA, the Defense Intelligence Agency, which is effectively the CIA, but in the military. And where their, their role is distinguished from the CIA is that their role is foreign intelligence within a uh, within a 
um, military context, so where there is a, a war or a potential war, okay? So it's, it, it's at that level. Now, this guy supposedly uh, defected to the DIA, brought a hell of a lot of stuff over with him. The Chinese have, um, have denied it. But one of the problems is they said that they used a picture to say, oh, here he is at this thing, which was actually a picture of a uh, of an older conference. So there's a lot of there's a lot of information, misinformation around this, which is why I'm not being definitive about it. But if if you believe that, uh, of course, the Biden administration have, have denied have denied this. No, there is no there is no whistleblower. Blah 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 blah. Apparently, they've got it. They're surfing a high tide of credibility at the moment, so we should give them the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> yeah, uh, Biden said it, so therefore it must be true. Yeah, but it was four or five days so what, ago. What I'm saying Come on, Trump, man. Trump is saying it was a deliberate act of war. That's what he's saying. Yeah. Now, and, I... And, 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 and that, that we now can see why that would be politically difficult. Like at the time, it was like, yeah, you know, what, what, what has happened? This, is, this has happened. It's come from China. Therefore, there should be consequences. And it's like, well, nobody seems to want to do anything about that, this. That there's no amount of money in the world, either existing or to be created, that could possibly compensate the people of the world for the damage that's been wrought by this man. No amount of reparation. No, I mean, the, the figure I came to a year ago as a guesstimate would be something of the order of $20 trillion. And we're probably... That doesn't and, sound well, like that was, that was a year ago. And I, I, I doubt if that's a comprehensive one. It was just a sort of back of the envelope you know, guesstimate. So yes. it's yes. all money in the world. I mean, what will value a human life? And then multiply that by how many people have been affected directly or indirectly or tangentially. It's monstrous. So Completely in monstrous. terms of the source of it, I'm, I don't know whether... I'm not saying I believe uh, what what Trump said, there was a deliberate act of war. Uh, I'm, I'm, not, I'm still not totally convinced on that. I'm not convinced that it wasn't uh, what you might call private, privately done by people connected with, with Creepy Klaus and his mob or whether it was done... Uh, with the CIA involvement, I don't know. I just know that it's been used. I, I know how it's been used. Yeah. So, um, so Mark, uh, we, I think we should go to media picks. What do you think? Would that be okay? I don't know if you remember this part of the I show. I do, but... and I've, because you, when you mentioned it, and I've gone into, oh my god, what am I going to say here? Ah, well, what we usually do is ask Tim ah, first oh, to give you. Oh, Give you a bit of time. I, I can buy um, Mark a bit of time. I can buy Mark thirty seconds. So I'm I'm going to recommend. Uh, I'm going to recommend two actually. I was watching Halloween three um, over the weekend, which is completely unrelated to any other part of John Carpenter's Halloween cycle. Because Halloween three has the intriguing premise. I think it's 1982 was when it was made. Has the intriguing premise for an original Nigel Neal screenplay of an evil demonic mad toy maker, mad Irish toy maker who wants to kill all the children by making them wear masks. John Carpenter, horror film director or visionary. <laughs> and the second one, just in en passant, would be I was rewatching and having the great pleasure, very great pleasure of rewatching. I think twenty. 10 or possibly 2012, uh, Gary Oldman in Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, which is just superb. Is it really? I, it was criticised at the time by well, a lot of people. Critic, bit, critics, as, was, critics, as we know, are eunuchs in the harem. So 
It's, it's, yeah, it's a superb no, no, performance and what wonderful um, period show from either late six late sixties London or early seventies London. But it's it it, it it doesn't put a, a foot wrong, <laughs> and wonderfully understated performance by Gary Oldman uh, and an absolute joy to rewatch. Is it tr- is it a bit tricky to follow? Because I heard um, some criticism. It's the second time I've seen it, so I I, I I I must admit I didn't quite get the whole thing the first time around. Right. But okay. I was probably pissed at the time, so. <laughs> That's my excuse, Your Honour. <laughs> okay, but so that—that's what I'd heard as being difficult about it. So the first time round, I knew there was something that it was. It, 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 it's slightly it's quite. It's quite dense, but yeah. um, but then so am I. <laughs> okay. Um, if that hasn't bought you enough time, Mark, I'm sorry. You're gonna have to. You know, you're on your own now, mate. <laughs> You could say you were going to say Tinker Taylor Soldier Spy. Yeah, I, I could just say what he said, couldn't I? But nobody, nobody would buy that. Um, I think this is going to sound very boring, but it's amazing how recently I've uh, old films that when I watched them originally, I thought, well, I really, I can really see something there. But now I look at them again, I think, Jesus Christ, did they know? Did they have a little time machine? So from from the perspective of the whole twisting of reality and control of reality, I still think the Matrix one, the first one with the red, you know, the red pill, blue pill. Yeah, red pill. Yeah. It's brilliant. V for Vendetta, brilliant. which oh, which awesome. is yeah, awesome, and it is an awesome movie. And I thought that then. And I think, and I, I think more so now. I think, but I think the original, the original comic strip dates back to the eighties, if I'm correct. Does it? I think so. so it's, it's even, even more, more uncanny. uncanny. Yeah. Is that, that that's for Viva Vendetta? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. But I tell you what, now here's one that's not, that's probably not going to win me. Um, you know, people are going to think oh, I've completely lost it. I, I would recommend that everybody watches and listens to Trump's inauguration speech in 2016, particularly the point where he talks about- I think it's all available on the Guardian website <laughs> you might have to look for it yeah yeah the the not not the uh, because now the bit that I think I would like people to watch is and I can't remember how it starts but it's the bit where he says Washington has not served you Washington has served itself and that changes now and you and, and the bit to look out for when look out, look for the expression on the faces of Barack Obama and George Bush and, you know, the Clint, that, that mob. I'm imagining that they were basically rushing off to change their, well, to, to buy a, a whole set, new set of brown exactly, trousers. Exactly. It's like the, the, the expression is, oh, Christ, you know. Um, and I know because people say, oh, he's just another scumbag politician. And I, I, you know, I never thought he was just another scumbag politician. I thought he was this guy from the private sector who, you know, mm. uh, had, had an agenda and, and spoke the truth and was very popular with people. And that's and that's why he pissed them off. But I noticed at the time and I used to write about this with Mar- Martin. At the, I was still at the FT. Martin Wolf and Gideon Rackman and all, all of those. Yeah. All of those idiots completely missed the point that what Trump was about and what Brexit was about was people saying, yeah, I almost said the F, F word. We've yeah. had enough of this. Oh, the fuck, the fuck, yeah, the word. fuck word. Like, fuck yeah. off. We've had enough of this. We really had enough of this. And you are missing the fucking point. And what, what did they do with that? They went, they missed the point. Mm. Um, and what you see when you look at, at, at that speech, you see 
why they had to go for him right from the start. Now, what I did not realize at the time was that, because I hadn't looked into this, I didn't understand the background as to why he ran, because he was asked to run by certain people in the military. Right. Is that is that yeah. right? So Michael Moore's documentary, have you seen it, Fahrenheit 11.9? Um, I think... If- what Fahrenheit nine eleven? No, he yeah. There was Fahrenheit nine eleven, but there's Fahrenheit eleven nine, which is an update, basically as to how how Trump got into office, which is okay. No, I need that to watch that, that version. I I'd be interested in whether that's correct or not. Okay, I'm I'm minded. I'm minded to recall a bit from the original Star Wars film where Obi Wan Kenobi says, "If you strike me down, I'll be more powerful than you can ever imagine." And that was Trump that by getting rid of him, they've actually manifested the the um they've given the him more power because now he can say what he really thinks yeah so it would be it, i have to concede it would be beyond glorious if if the, the vision that the, the picture that you present uh it, it becomes true yeah well you know i mean in, in a in a year's time i mean if i'm right you'll you'll want to i'm assuming you want to invite me back and we'll have another chat if i'm Oh, without a doubt. We don't have to wait a year for that. No, Mark. You, you. I think all we, all anybody could ever be asked for is what they truly believe in, and whether you're right or wrong, this is what you believe at the time. My only question, Mark, is when when Trump does return from the heavens, will it be on a? a will it be? Will his chariot be made of gold or silver? That's the only question I have. Well, I, I believe that he's. Or will it be a combination I think of the two? He's a, he's a gold guy. Possibly Bitcoin. Certainly, if you look at the de- if you look at the de- decorations in Mar-a-Lago, he tends towards the gold end of the spectrum. I think it doesn't make him a bad person. <laughs> but anyway, I would say watch that speech and um, look. You know, just uh, just imagine for a second that he might have actually meant that. That he may have been yeah. serious about it, and then ask yourself the question: If he was really serious about draining the swamp, because he said he would build a wall, and he built the wall. He said he would bring, he would get rid of uh, NAFTA, and he got rid of NAFTA. He said he would get get take America out the the Paris Climate Change Agreement, and he did. He said he would get NATO to pay more money, and he did. He also achieved a Middle East peace settlement. He said everything he said he was going to do, he did, which is in stark contrast to most of them. I mean, Biden said he wasn't going to close down the pipeline, and he issued an an executive order on first day. He also said, "I am going to drain the swamp." So just just entertain the watch that speech and entertain the idea. Mm that he might have actually meant it. And then ask yourself the question, how would he do it? Because then you, it might help to make sense out of, out of what's going on now. Mark, I've just noticed that we haven't actually been recording this, so would you mind saying all that all over again? <laughs> You're kidding. Tim loves all of that. No, nice no, one. You sucked me for a moment there. I thought... Which bit? Which bit? The last bit? No, no. Two hours, ten minutes. No, all of, all of it, Mark. Minutes, all of it. Thirteen right. seconds. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I record on three separate um, places, so yeah, redundancy is my my thing. But yes, Tim loves a little wind up. I know. Well. <laughs> I, I love it, but sometimes I get on such a roll. <laughs> yes. Well, I, I'd be rather alarmed to hear that. <laughs> But Mark, in answer to your question, uh, regardless of whether you're right or wrong, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on and we'd love to have you back. It's We always enjoy it and 
and just thank you for sparing the time. Oh, it's been an absolute pleasure. I can't tell you how much I've enjoyed this, actually. The world that I live in at the moment, of you know, which is basically reading and writing, you know, I'm kind of on this about 18 hours a day, and then I have bloody dreams about it. Uh, to be able to sit around with a couple of guys and just chew the fat on it and talk about it is absolutely fun. It's a lot more therapeutic than writing. Yeah, yeah. He, and so thank um, you for inviting I, me. I really, I've really enjoyed this. No, absolutely, our pleasure, uh, Mark. Really, our pleasure. And and just to say that um, because the state of the markets has a kind of inverted commas markets theme tim and i have been talking about launching a new podcast which is just going to be about whatever we want to talk about so we don't have to talk about the financial markets if we don't sex want to... basically well, i think it's the way it's going to go well, i'm not sure i can um, be very helpful on that score i'm 66 years old well i don't know where that came from uh so that, was, that wasn't what we discussed it's but, quite a niche market but you, you guys have got all the money mark so you know we're we're after the market opportunity the commercials wherever they may be so what i was what i was going to say um thank you tim what i was going to say was that we will be launching a new podcast which will just be whatever we want to talk about and sex and obviously we'd love to have you back on for that as well so it may be sooner than you think that you'll get the call if you if you're up oh, for absolutely. it absolutely absolutely fantastic well thank you mark and um all the very best and just remind us before you go where you, so it's telegram and uh, and your website give us that mark, again um the website is markgb.com and Telegram is markgbblog. Fantastic. And in fact, in well, all of these social media sites, um, Gab and even Twitter when it was still there, it's all markgbblog. You know, I find that amazing that, you know, you, you, you really stand by your principles because what you could have done is you could have deleted that tweet, told every, every one of your 6,000 followers that you're now on Telegram and left it there. But your principles of are such that you won't do that, even though it's harming you, if you see what I mean. You go to bed, at, I don't want to, you know, I'm no, I'm no saint, but, you know, in fact, I'm, I'm quite, you know, I'm anything but a saint. I'm quite, but I'm bloody minded about my own peace of mind. And when I go to bed at night, I, I don't get to bed with your conscience or anybody else's conscience, and I go to, I go to bed with my conscience, and it sticks in my throat that some little tosser who has got no interest in the truth no interest in it can can actually get enroll me in censoring myself it I, it's just like no i you, i'm not playing that game well let, let's hope that um you know a few people listen to this and uh, and and you know you get you get um you get more followers so you know i, I hope that happens i'm certainly going to be uh, enrolling i didn't know that's that's where you were now and um and as I say, thank you once again for coming on. It's been an absolute pleasure and we look forward to, to talking with you again. Thank you, Paul. And, and thank you, Tim. It's, it's great talking to both of you and it's very entertaining as well. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, Mark. Thank you, Mark. All the Take very best. Care. Take care. Bye. Bye now. And thank you so much for listening and we'll catch you next time. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only. Please do your own research or contact a professional and advisor.